Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. We have a very exciting event tonight, starting at 6.45 for the main event, and then at 6 p.m. for our VIP pre-party is our annual, our fourth annual Orthodox Jewish All-Star Awards. I'm not sure if there are any tickets left at this point, but you can run over to jewinthecity.com slash ojallstars to see if we've got any left. Um, but we are super excited. We've been working on this event for months. Literally, we announced the All-Stars about eight months ago. These guys are so busy that it took us so many months to find a date that they could all be here. And we are expecting somewhere between eight and nine of this year's All-Stars, as well as several from last year's All-Stars. Um, and it's going to be great food, wine, uh, entertainment, and just really an evening of inspiration in Kiddush Hashem. So we look forward to seeing any of our fans come out tonight to really celebrate um, people who work hard, people who stand by their Jewish values, freedom that America gives us to be able to, you know, live out these dreams <clears throat> as American Jews. And um, so we look forward to seeing you tonight. Now, speaking of great food, it's a perfect segue into the guest that we are having on today. You know, when I started you in the city, I never imagined that um, I would get offers of like, you know, shaitel companies and clothing companies and, you know, fabulous restaurants approaching us and asking if we would, you know, try out their products to be able to speak about them to our listeners and our readers. But, um, you know, thank God things have grown to such a point that we have a following and that people want to hear what we think. And so a little while ago, um, we got an email from Roast Homestyle Chicken. This is a, um, I like to think of it kind of as like the kosher version of Boston Market. I guess we can find out what the owner uh, thinks about it. But um, they wanted to know if we wanted to come by. It's a newish place and check it out. And um, it's just really exciting to be able to see what some of the latest, uh, you know, updates are in the world of, you know, kosher food. And uh, today we have on uh one of the owners, um, Ariel Tavor, speaking with us about roast homestyle chicken. So thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you, Allison. We, we appreciate uh, working with you in the city, and it was a pleasure having you at Roast uh, a few weeks ago. Thank you for having us on the show. Yeah, sure. So um, I'll tell you when I first, I had a meeting that I needed to make that day anyway for the All-Stars party and um, a couple of the people on my committee and I needed to go out anyway and I said maybe this is the perfect time to check it out. And they were, I have to tell you, a little bit skeptical because they didn't grow up with Kentucky Fried Chicken or Boston Market like I did because they were always religious. They were kind of like, chicken? Like, really? And I can just tell you, you converted them. Your restaurant, your food. Um, and I sort of felt like, you know, Sometimes people want to be like more careful about their diet or not go crazy. Usually Shabbos is my splurge time, but I figured if I'm going to be able to speak about this restaurant well, I got to order a lot of different things. So I had the chicken salad and I had fried chicken and I had rotisserie chicken. And I think for my friends that were there, they thought, you know, fried chicken is going to be automatically the best. And it was amazing. But like, boy, did you sell them on the rotisserie chicken and the sides and then the apple pie at the end. So um, really, we already want to come back again. So um, I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you is where did this idea for a chicken restaurant come from? Because it's not something that we see as often in the kosher world. Well, I think that we, uh, we were looking to identify a concept that was transferable and so that we can have um, everybody essentially be able to eat in this new restaurant. And we based on some of the research we had done from experience, we saw that people viewed kosher chicken as a high-quality option. 
Hmm. And so when when we were asking people and interviewing and basically in the concept stage, we saw that since we were looking to develop something in Harlem, we wanted something that the local community can eat at as well. In addition to attracting the kosher community into a new neighborhood. Interesting. So okay, chicken, so then that's something we need to mention. So your restaurant is in Harlem, um, which was a little bit off the beaten path for us. Can you give us the address so people know where uh, you're located so they can run over when this is over? It's uh, 1569 Lexington Avenue. It's between 100 and 101st Street. So East Harlem. And it's right in the middle. East Harlem. It's really on the, really on, it's the first street in Harlem, so it's bordering Carnegie, Carnegie Hill, East Harlem, and you're, you have a, a nice new developing neighborhood. Our, our strip has become a new restaurant row. People are moving to the neighborhood. You have a lot of medical professionals at Mount Sinai. So the neighborhood is, uh, is becoming, has evolved into a uh, very nice neighborhood to live in. A little bit up and coming. So why this neighborhood of all places for a kosher restaurant? I think that we uh, we came into it as uh, a lot of the people that work on the project are family and close friends, and we saw that uh, Harlem was not a new concept, but Harlem is definitely a developing area, and we wanted to find a way to participate. And when we came out there, we saw that really that there were strips of areas that had no stores inside of them. Mm-hmm. And we thought that would be a good idea to work in the retail space. And that's how we came up with opening up a restaurant because that really changes neighborhoods in New York. It really defines different neighborhoods. And we thought that a restaurant really would feel more comfortable. It would be challenging, but we we move forward with uh, opening up a restaurant that people in the neighborhood can appreciate and at a price point that they could appreciate while attracting the kosher community. See, that's an interesting thing because the kosher, you know, uh, prices are usually more, but it was quite reasonably priced, which means that it's really a little bit of a fine for someone kosher to go off the beaten path a little bit for a date night or a time out with friends, spending less than you normally would spend. So being in this, you know, unorthodox um, spot for a kosher restaurant, um, what percentage of your clientele would you say is the local um, people from... Um, from Harlem versus uh, the the kosher eaters that come out and seek you guys out. So I'd say we are at about fifty percent of the kosher eaters will come out, mm-hmm. um, and we'll have thirty people from thirty percent of the people from the local community, people mm-hmm. that have been in the area for many years and are happy to see a new restaurant, mm-hmm. and also people that are new to the area and are just trying out the different restaurants in the neighborhood. And then about 20% of our business will be the catering to the Jewish organizations in Upper Manhattan. Got it. Okay, but that's still actually a very large percentage. I always think that the sign that a kosher restaurant is doing well is when people who don't need to be eating there decide and choose to eat there. So that's really really amazing. So is your background... Um, in the food industry, or are you an entrepreneur in general, or did you just have a total change of career when uh, you when you started Roast? Uh, so I maintain a financial services business mm-hmm. called Lines Assurance Financial, mm-hmm. and essentially our different 
uh, business partners that I work with all brought in different specialties to bring in and create this project. Mm-hmm. And so we had people that worked on branding, marketing, uh, purchasing, hospitality. And what we had done was we created a very strong management team that really operates the business. And the leadership is quite crucial um, inside of the restaurant itself so that it can maintain the day-to-day requirements for customers. Um, and I think you had a chance to meet some of those uh, people on site, which was our general manager, Yassi Tamim, and our head chef, Avery. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do, and, I'm saying, like, where did the inspiration for, meaning like you're running your financial services businesses, life is good, where does the idea first come from that we need to get into kosher restaurant business I mean, you tell me how chicken came about after, you know, customer research, but where, where did the original idea to, you know, get into uh, a we, restaurant? My family has uh, opened up a few restaurants in the past, so we were familiar with it. Got it. Uh, mostly different concepts, so they, they had some previous experience in the restaurant business, so it wasn't, um, it was something that we had the resources available uh, before we started the project. Got it. And is there something about, you know, giving kosher eaters, you know, kind of new opportunities? Or are you, can I ask you, are you observant your whole life? Are you kosher your whole life, Balchuva? Um, mostly on the Balchuva side. Uh, wow. Family has a religious background. Uh, mm-hmm. and But in this new generation, probably in the, were more balchubas, mm-hmm. and the kosher experience. I mean, honestly, it, when you're commuting and traveling, and basically need to find somewhere kosher to eat, is not necessarily the same challenge that exists in New York at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, restaurants today are competing to attract new customers, and so I think that. From our standpoint, we were looking for a kosher restaurant that can also offer high-quality food. So it wasn't just that you have to eat kosher, but we understand that in today's environment, there's a requirement to offer very high-quality product and very good service. And can you tell us about developing your menu? So I mentioned, I mean, the stuff that I had was like the chicken salad and the... um the fried chicken, and I believe there were some, like, sweet potato fries, which were really amazing. Um, trying to go through <laughs> um, the menu, the, the uh, rotisserie chicken. How did you guys uh, come up with the menu that you're offering now? So our original menu um, came from a local restaurant, which was brought into the project. Mm-hmm. And that was our kind of our starting point where we had an understanding that Chicken was a very popular item, and there's many of those restaurants that exist in Harlem already. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we had brought in uh, some the rotisserie and the fried chicken because we saw that it existed in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We then took it to the stage of identifying um, different items on the menu that we thought would complement, which was our sides, our salads, our sandwiches. And from the execution point of moving it from the idea of what menu items we wanted, we had brought in uh, Chef Abram Weissman to help us execute the recipe book so that we can offer a consistent item with all the 
background de- restaurant details to make sure that your each of your menu items is correctly apportioned to the amount of cost and the amount that you could sell it for. Mm-hmm. So that's how we executed. I don't want to say it's fast food because it's obviously like, you know, fresh food and it's, you know, good quality, but it's also the experience of getting your food happens pretty quickly. Is that, was that sort of part of the vision that you went into this, that this would be something you didn't have to spend too much money, you didn't have to spend too much time, but you could get something fresh and delicious? Yeah, I think that that's been a big focus of ours is is getting the food out in an appropriate amount of time. It is a challenging thing to do when you are making fresh ingredients um, and your items are from scratch. It, it is challenging to offer the quickest possible service, but we it, it's working with our team in the kitchen and how they communicate and how each person does a different part of the task. So they're able to get the customer's item at a reasonable time frame. And um, do you think that the people that are coming and the locals that are coming and realize that it's kosher? Have you had any stories of people that eat at the restaurant and then, you know, see someone with the yarmulke on or notice the word kosher and comment on that? So I think we get two ends of the spectrum. Um, On one end of the spectrum, there's, there is that appreciation for the kosher mm-hmm. uh, chicken mm-hmm. specifically because it is they put it on this in the same realm of the organic and even in the restaurant world in general it's understood that kosher chicken is uh, a healthier option mm-hmm. and the challenge that we do get is on some of the items because we use we're all non-dairy um, sometimes people that are familiar with a certain flavor, the non-dairy, it could be a little bit short of an expectation if one has that uh, that comfort with all dairy items. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's where we've seen the, the the two sides of people are happy that it, then they're willing to say that I can contribute a premium mm-hmm. to the kosher chicken because mm-hmm. it is a little bit of a higher price point than maybe some of the other food items that they have available. Sure. Um, but but on certain items, we, we have gotten some, not positive or negative, but it doesn't necessarily always meet the complete expectation with the non-dairy component. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying no one ever said to you, wow, I just thought kosher was gefilte fish and matzo balls. This is a new, you know, take on kosher? Um, I think that a lot of the kosher crowd has come and seen it as kosher southern comfort food. Mm-hmm. As one of the as one of the the items, the co- their kosher we, we we I don't know if they they even the people that we dealt with I don't know if they had that high level of knowledge to even associate the gefilte fish and uh, they just didn't even know what we ate. Did they, so they ask you that if food was food. by a rabbi? Did have you gotten that one before? Um. Our kitchen staff has we've we've made we've maintained a a really open communication uh, with our kitchen staff. That many of them are only now familiar with what kosher means. They understand that there's a little bit more to the blessing of the rabbi, but more it's a authoritative control on the items that come in and out of your restaurant, and that the preparation is in the uh, correct manner and securing right. that the customer will always get a kosher item. So it's 
there had to be an open communication with, with our team, especially because a lot of people are new to the kosher world. Right, right, right. And we couldn't just leave. Yeah. And what kind of uh, feedback would you say you've gotten from the kosher people that, you know, come out from, uh, you know, make a little bit of a trek to get to you guys? Um, I think we, we've definitely had some pretty positive reviews on the, that they don't necessarily have fried chicken available. I mean, I, we, don't, we, we recently added on our brunch chicken and waffles, and um, people have been pretty excited about it. They've mm-hmm. been, and the, our best compliment uh, is that I heard about your restaurant from my friend that said it was delicious, Mm. Uh, and uh, and the second one would be that your staff is great, um, and and I think that that that's basically what we get as the the positive experience that people get when they come out. So, what would you say is the the most positive thing? Because being in the restaurant business, I worked at a couple of restaurants in high school, and it's grueling work. And I remember the owners told me it's grueling work. What is the the plus side, or what what is the best part of being a restaurateur? I think that the the best part is really participating on a lot of people's events. Mm-hmm. We now do Shabbat dinners. We were able to sponsor part of the YU tournament. Mm-hmm. We're we're participating in a lot of our community events. A lot mm-hmm. of the nonprofit organizations are coming out to us. We're creating ideas with them as to how they can we can work together for them to create an event to help raise uh, funds for, for, for the raise funds for their organization, and I think that, I mean, once you're on our side of the business, uh, you kind of forget how much you enjoyed going out to a restaurant and trying out a new place with your friends, yeah. with your loved ones. So it, it is a good part of the experience when people come in and they enjoy themselves. It is nice to see it and see their reviews and see that they had a, a very good time. I love, um, I have to just say as you're answering that, you know, the best part is being able to help nonprofits raise money as a nonprofit. I really appreciate that. And, you know, as a nonprofit that spreads Kiddush Hashem, it's really such a wonderful thing that you're a for-profit business and your favorite part of your for-profit business is finding ways to give back to the community. So that's really um, such a, you know, I'm, I'm definitely moved by that. What, what is the most challenging part of, uh, of running a restaurant? Logistics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and operations is probably one of the most challenging parts. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dealing with a, at this point for us, I mean, for if you asked me six months ago, there would be a whole different list. But from today, it's really just making sure that the food items are ordered correctly, that we have enough food in stock, that the food is coming out correctly, identifying where we can add new menu items, uh, making sure that we're we're keeping our overall location maintained. There's a lot of upkeep. There's a lot of different components inside of the kitchen. The security, what the the um, actual um, location maintenance is a very challenging part of the business. And so I would say that that's that's where we sit today is just make sure that we're operationally making improvements so that we can continue the uh, the continue our business in an efficient manner. 
And what's on the horizon for you guys? Any updates in terms of this restaurant? Any plans to uh, open up another branch or, you know, maybe another type of restaurant? So I think right now we're, we're coming up on adding um, beer and wine to the menu. So we're, nice. we're finishing up with the city on those requirements. Mm-hmm. Should be coming pretty soon. So that's a good environment. Um, it will change the atmosphere a little bit. And I think we're pretty excited about the summer. There'll be a lot of tourists. People will be coming to the neighborhood. We can open up in, in some of our outside seating. Uh, I think that that's where we're, we're getting to is that let's get to our first year and see how we do and evaluate what our future will look like. Okay, fabulous. Well, um, you know, I would definitely recommend any of our listeners that are in the New York area and any of our listeners that, you know, are, are visiting New York, this is a place that, um, you know, I became kosher, started becoming kosher maybe in 1996 when I was 16 years old, and I did it in stages. Um, I remember at my friend's Sweet 16, I ate my last piece of shrimp. It was at uh, Benihana's, a hibachi uh, restaurant, and I remember as I put it in my mouth, I said, no shrimp will pass my lips again. And one of the last things that I gave up, actually, that I kind of got stuck on was chicken, of all things. And I just told you at the beginning that my friends weren't so excited about chicken until they tried your restaurant. So I actually I was giving up the, you know, the sort of very um, obvious trafe stuff, the, the pork and the shrimp and the lobster and all that stuff. And then the milk and the meat. And I gave up non-kosher red meat. And I got stuck on chicken. Um, because I just couldn't imagine, you know, not going out with friends and, you know, not ordering, you know, uh, chicken wings or, you know, uh, chicken fingers at a restaurant. I mean, that was obviously before I became fully kosher. I couldn't imagine not going out and not getting a turkey sandwich. My family went to Boston Market very regularly, um, and I got stuck on chicken to the point where um, I couldn't decide if I was going to go on or not um, with my observance, and I kind of had to stop myself and say, you know, meaning of life, you know, purpose for existence or chicken, you know, reason that I'm here, you know, uh, you know sort of faith in, in dark times or turkey sandwich. And, and so I did push forward on the chicken. And I remember so distinctly when I made that transition, I would have dreams about the Wendy's bacon cheeseburgers that I was missing and, you know, like shrimp cocktail and all the foods that I'd given up. And so when you make that journey, you know, that chuva journey as a ball chuva, um, there's a certain sadness. Even during certain pregnancies, I would walk past like Wendy's and be like, I wonder like how, like maybe, I learned in seminary actually that like while you're in labor, you're like, you know, um, in sort of the state of sakana, in like, you know, a dangerous state. Like, and I wonder if I told the doctor that I needed a bacon cheeseburger right now, like, could they give it to me? Like, that's where my mind has gone. But thank God I, I have stayed st- strictly kosher since I started on this journey. And you give stuff up. You learn to deal with it. You learn to manage. You learn to cope. And you replace it with other great foods. And, you know, that is life. And then when you hear that there is a place where you can revisit, you know, some of these fond memories from, you know, a previous era, it's just, um, it's very exciting. And also, you know, being able to open up the world of, you know, of kashras for people that grew up observant, that were always kosher, and didn't even realize how great food could taste. I, I feel like even in the last, I mean, do, do you have an opinion on this, Ariel, in terms of kind of, like, when did things change in terms of people getting so foodie-ish in the kosher world? I just feel like there's an explosion. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I think that there's definitely been a, a great renaissance of kosher restaurants. 
improving their quality and catering to offering very high-quality food. But I'm saying, did you, do you have any sense as to kind of like what is it? Is it social media you think that did that? Is it? I think that um, probably the there was a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Um, really, people were seeing that they couldn't enjoy themselves at nice-looking restaurants. The some of the earlier, it was more challenging to open up without any background uh, for some of the immigrant businesses. Mm-hmm. And so I think that over time it just involved as people had become more experienced and there was more to learn from in the earlier businesses, you can see what changes you would do to cater to the new market. I think even like, you know, you guys offering like waffles and chicken, like at first glance that seems very not kosher. You assume that waffles is like some sort of dairy, you know, breakfast type of food. But um, I wonder also with allergies, if people are discovering new ways to, you know, um, do the non-dairy in, in better ways with almond milk and, and that sort of a thing. So um, what about bacon? Will, will beef bacon ever make it to your menu? Uh, we actually currently offer turkey bacon. Oh. Uh, really? it's, in a, it's in our signature sandwich. We offer it now with our, uh, our breakfast, our brunch special, uh, turkey bacon, eggs, home fries. Oh Pretty. Held out on me. <laughs> I think we need to have another Jew in the City meeting back at uh, Roast Home Style Chicken. All right, well, then you're, you're taking care of. You've got waffles and fried chicken. You've got turkey. I've never actually tried turkey bacon, I have to say. I've had the beef stuff, and I think turkey might be even more realistic. And um, I have, like, a big event yeah, very soon, and I'm trying to figure out when I can come back again. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for talking to us today and, you know, for the experience of getting to try your amazing food and really for offering, you know, more opportunities for the kosher diner. At Jew in the City, we like to show people that, you know, although there are strictures within halacha, within Jewish law, there's so much room to enjoy, you know, the physical world. And thank you so much for being a part of, you know, making the kosher uh, diner's experience that much more enjoyable. And give our, um, our listeners one more uh, reminder about where they can find your restaurant. 1569 Lexington Avenue. New York, New York. And the website? is www.theroastnyc.com. Okay, well, thanks so much again, and uh, best of luck. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening today, and I definitely recommend you try it out. You won't be sorry. And you can find us here, same time, same place, next week. 